Uh, Calv, what's uh, what's new up in Muskoka? What's new here, Jer? I uh, went outside and I'm literally dodging bullets flying overhead. That's what's new. We what? are in the middle of people just going crazy in the woods, running around with guns, trying to kill animals. Animals. Oh, animals. Like hunting season. I'm getting caught in a crossfire. I thought you were talking about like like riots based on political unrest. <laughs> You are now listening to the Open Road Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy. I am one of the other hosts, Calvin. Calvin, what's this podcast all about? This podcast, the Open Road Podcast. This podcast is about helping you find podcasts in the Open Road Podcasts. Wait, that's not Wait, it what? at all. No, this podcast is about helping you find adventure in your everyday through any means necessary, mainly through listening to us talk to other people about interesting hobbies, occupations that they're up to. And then that's... us trying to catch up and really understand and engage them. So that's about it. That doesn't really sound like it works that well. Uh, it's not proven to work, but we're just, <laughs> we have to do this one full year cycle and then we'll do a study to see if it's done anything, help yep. people or improve their lives in any way. That is what this podcast is about, and kind of being a little bit uh, facetious there, it, it has been working, and it's it's at least, at the very least, I'd say, help you and I find more oh, it's worked. every day. Yeah. So that's what this yeah. podcast is all about. Uh, today on the episode, we're talking with some uh, some new friends of ours from Seneca Creek, and we will get uh, all into that in a moment. We chat a little bit about hunting and fishing and the great outdoors, and it's an uh, interesting conversation. All about the modern outdoorsman. Ooh yes, exactly. Which I love. I love that description. Oh yeah, it's it's really good actually because it's like a nice balance of of being uh, outdoorsy, but also you know someone who's living in the now. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. You're not. You know. You're not fully removed from society, but you uh, you have a good respect and you're engaging with the uh, with nature and the outdoors. So we'll get to the modern outdoorsman in just a minute. But Calvin, I first have a story, uh, a funny story about the modern indoorsman. The modern indoorsman, Jeremy, is when you look that up, when you look it up in, you know, what's that uh, urban Webster's. dictionary? There's just a big oh, old urban. picture of your face, <laughs> the modern indoorsman. But go ahead with your story. So, Calvin, you have this um, this theory that I do my best to prove false at every turn, that I love the mall. Okay, yeah, I've got the theory. And, and I do my best to prove to you that I actually hate the mall. That right. I am not a big fan of consumerism and yep. that if I could, I would live in the RV for the rest of my life. Okay. Many people who know me would believe this about me. However, you're coming up with this theory that that is all a farce and that yep. I love the mall. Correct. And I've had this so, for many years now. <laughs> Ongoing. So, th the worst part about this story is that uh, it starts with me being at the mall. <laughs> Jer... Any story that begins with you at the mall is just bound to be the most boring 10 minutes of my life. Yeah. But well, the most satisfying because it just continues to prove my case. I know. And these so stories I know just keep coming up with you starting out at the mall. Orange Julius in hand. Big bag of kernels on your back. So anyways, 
Um, I, I was at the mall. Uh, Katie uh, was at a conference in Niagara Falls, and okay. I had to go visit a client down that way. So um, I ended up joining her. And, you know, even though I hate the mall, it is the Christmas season is, is getting a little bit nearer. So it's 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 makes sense to go to the Niagara outlets to do a little bit of Christmas shopping. And I hate Continue. that it makes sense to do that. And I hate that that's where I ended up on a Tuesday night. But that was where I was. And such a sad I have to tell place you, to end up on a weeknight. Honestly, I have to tell you, it is one of the saddest places in the world. Like I'm walking around there. I'm looking at all this useless crap that hundreds and thousands of people are buying Yep. And and I'm sad in my soul, and then I realize that I am part of it. I am right there with them all, yeah. hunting for deals, doing the exact thing that I hate. Okay. Are you so, going to re- resurrect this at all anywhere along the line? Like, is this, is, this is just getting worse and worse, the story. I know. So what I'm saying is my only way to try to find the littlest bit of adventure in the least adventurous place in the world right. is to basically... Um, just think of the most hilarious scenarios as I'm yep. walking around. Okay. And and there was one that I thought would be that, and I'm like kind of like judging people as we're walking around. So there's like this one couple who has their stroller and they're walking into a store, and basically the entire stroller is covered. So like the baby is yep. like in its own little cave. Little and I was, was thinking to myself, is there even a baby in there? Right. Right. And then Probably. I was thinking. And then, I, well, and then I was thinking about how hilarious it would be to stroll around like you have a baby without actually having a baby, getting all these privileges, people holding doors open for you, right. people um, thinking that you're a, a nice young couple contributing to society. Meanwhile, that's a great place to store all your mall crap. Right? How much yeah. stuff could you steal by stuffing it in there? Yeah. Okay, I'm starting to like this idea. So that was my one theory. Then the second, th- or my one thing that I was thinking of, the other thing is there was this like totally fake green space. And the last time that I was at this mall, I saw all these little kids running around on this little crappy patch of AstroTurf. Inside? No, outside, in like, okay. the little courtyard. Oh, I see, and, I see. And I was just thinking to myself, this is like, this is what our world has come to, that in order yep. to find adventure at the mall, they put AstroTurf in a little thing. And kids were having right. fun on it. Right. I said these kids' imaginations are just being destroyed. Kids don't know what fun is if they're having it on AstroTurf in a mall. And then the other thing I was doing while I was at the mall, just trying to survive the entire experience, was um, just being absolutely ridiculous with every store clerk possible. Like I walk, well, haggling and just like people. Like I'd walk into a store, I was looking for some new vans, and 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 uh, they'd say, "Oh, welcome, sir." I would, I would, and I would just kind of yell out. Where are the vans? And then they would point me to where the vans are. Nice, nice. And my wife is in tow, just kind of watching me be ridiculous all along. So my favorite uh, thing, like, if, if I ever have, like, an item specific that I'm shopping for, probably won't be getting it out of mall. But I love, like, I love to basically engage the clerk immediately. Oh, and I want 100%. them to sell me. Like, I really they do. They have like, to want sell them to you. S- I want them to sell me on a product. Like, exactly. They, they, they should know all of the questions that I have on this shoe. And see, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I'm trying to right. get them to actually do their, like, do some work to get my business. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was just thinking of another really funny. Uh, shoot, one so more thing that came to Did you to my walk mind. away from the mall with anything? Oh yeah, I got I got a bunch of clothes. <laughs> Why? Um, you just needed clothes. 
yeah i needed a couple new work shirts a new work sweater like it's just like okay I, 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 about once a year i i my wife wants me to do a little wardrobe update so get a couple christmas presents wow all right yeah. for yourself I, I, I got my first thing from j crew okay wow is it a shirt a blouse of some kind some sort of sweater uh, khakis khaki pants chinos a single chino it's a shirt so anyways uh that was that was that um oh there was one st- one thing that i was thinking of that happened now this before this story kind of comes back around um oh, you bought one of those uh sipping birds that like drinks the water no absolutely continuously not. absolutely for not. your desk at work no absolutely a not. sipping bird no, so anyway, so it was a, you know, it was a fine enough experience uh, at the mall, and the whole time I'm there, I'm just like, this is just uh, a terrible place, and and being the modern indoorsman is not, is just not good. It's just not good. Right. So how are you planning on combating this? I I don't know, man. I I I just I just don't know what to do. You need to cut the mall loose, Jeremy. Just let cut go of loose. the mall. Just let it go, man. Just let it go forever. Come up here and slay an animal to resurrect yourself, or redeem yourself, rather. Yeah, that's a great point. Oh, I'm really annoyed that I, I'm really annoyed that I can't think of this one thing that I was just thinking about. Okay, well, that's fine. But uh, I, I would so love to hear a tiny bit more before we uh, get to our interview about like w- like what the deal is with hunting season up there because you're hearing gunshots all around you. I heard I was hearing gunshots this morning. Yeah, I was working out in our little yard this morning raking up some leaves with my wife and we uh, i heard i heard a couple go off so i uh, i could only assume maybe it's just some guy shooting at a wall or something <laughs> but I, I imagine it's for deer it's kind of i guess that started maybe two weeks i don't know i, I don't know when the deer rifle season. season starts like maybe two weeks ago and then before that it was bow season well is bow season before gun season yes why yes why um i don't know don't know if there's a reason for it. They're just separate. Oh, we don't know. Separate things. We, we don't know. know. I don't hunt. So I don't guess f- my my uh, my my summary would be: be a modern outdoorsman or outdoors woman. Don't be the modern indoors person, because that's just so, Jared, not a good way to live life, in my opinion. I mean, finish your thought. So you say that I make this up, like I've made up this theory. Yeah. And yet, where are you at? So here's the thing, Calvin. I go to the mall like twice a year, and I hate it so much that every time I go there, I end up telling you about it. Yes. So therefore, yeah, you dump this big shame, shameful. Yeah, like I need to somehow me. justify it, so I have to talk right, about right. how much I hate it when I actually participate in it. Okay. So I think that's what the deal is, but you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty bummed. <laughs> I just feel so sad. Uh, but hey, Christmas is coming. The goose is getting oh. fat. And uh, we we have a good interview with uh, the guys from Seneca Creek coming up here on the Open Road on Podcast. On a side note, back to your theory about the stroller. Yep. I'm, uh, we're actually going stroller shopping tomorrow. See? You're in Down, it, man. I know. We're not going to the mall, but we're going to Babies R Us, and we're going to my most hated city in probably the world. Barrie. Do you know which? Or Aurelia. Barrie, Ontario. Yeah, Barry. I hate Barrie, Ontario. I met a really it's cool I met a really cool guy on, uh, I was in Chicago this past week with work. I met a really cool guy from Barrie on the plane. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. His son is a varsity soccer player, and we had a nice little chat. It was is great. that good? Yeah, it's great. Okay. It's very it's cool. 
I love having conversations with strangers. That's another way that I try to find adventure in my everyday. And it's one yeah, thing that um, I, I am actually good at and I like doing, but it actually takes a lot for me to go out and, and make it happen sometimes. So how do you start? Uh, were you sitting beside this guy? Yeah, this was easy because he was beside me on the plane. Yeah. And was there like that a little moment of resistance? Like you had earbuds in and heated too and you had to like nudge him on the shoulder to start up a conversation? <laughs> no. This, or was it all this, before, this is was the it technique. before the earbuds went in? This is the technique. Yeah, before the earbuds go in, at the very beginning of the plane as you sit down, you when, when you meet eye contact with them, you just give them a, a little, hey, how are you? How's it going? And then you can kind of get a sense right, if they're right. interested in uh, chatting. Then usually, seats. usually the next question to gauge if they're interested in talking even just a little bit would be, yep. is Chicago your home or is Toronto your home? And then you kind of, again, keep okay, okay. keep thinking about what's going on. Then if they put their earbuds in right away, you know you're good. By the time the plane started, we had already had our nice 20-minute conversation. Then we flew up. And then on, yeah, the, that's true. on the bottom, that's when we chatted a little bit more. But uh, it, was, it, was, it was just yeah. nice. Okay. Nice to meet great. a stranger. Anyway, that's a, that's a little nice. side bonus tip. We should get to our interview, eh? Oh, yeah, we should get to these guys. Seneca Creek, all about learning how to become the modern outdoorsman. Tips and tricks, articles, you're going to hear it all. All right, we're here with Nick and Luke Kamenisi from Seneca Creek. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. How are you doing today? Great, man. Great. Thanks for having us. Awesome. I think a good place to start would be just to tell our listeners a little bit about what Seneca Creek, Seneca Creek actually is and what inspired you guys to start it. Uh, it definitely morphed from our core business, which we are a print and design business known as Seneca Press. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so we had that name. Um, we started to sell some products as time went on from some of the smaller brands that we were designing for and printing for um and a lot of those were in the outdoor arena so they were for climbing and then fly fishing right so uh we started seneca creek as kind of a side project uh, a place to put those items uh we did a lot of custom shirts and so forth for that project and uh it went well at first and we realized that we had to produce content as well and that got a little bit time consuming. So at the beginning of this year, we decided to pull back all the product and we went to strictly a content based site. Um, okay. Essentially an online journal blog. So that's with the of- new name, like Seneca Creek. Is that all at the same time? Uh, we, had t- I think we had taken on Seneca Creek prior to that. Yeah. It had started off with Seneca Creek. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And so what is your what is your goal? What are you guys trying to accomplish with it? So our goal, who we appeal to, that probably helps a little bit more. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use the term the modern outdoorsman, and you'll see this. It's in social media now. Other brands and things use that term. Yeah. Um, one of our, I'd say, I have to say, one of our inspirations was the was Huckberry.com. Yeah. Uh, because they appealed to this person that I feel like we related to because we grew up in the suburbs uh, we didn't we w- didn't grow up with hunting uh, and fishing all the time, even though we would go camping. So it was something that we were interested in, but we realized it was a different demographic than just you know your redneck right. from Western Pennsylvania. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we wanted to appeal to that person. So someone who comes from the suburbs or the city, 
has a tech job potentially, but recognizes the need to get a little bit deeper into things is uh, kind of on the cusp. Of- right, and doesn't have that family friend or you know someone showing them all the ropes and leading them in the right direction. Definitely. Yeah, we didn't have that background, and that's kind of where the building heritage came from. The whole idea of just if you didn't grow up like that, it doesn't mean you you can't do certain things, you know. So we right. came up with that. It's just uh, for people who are in the same situation and want to do something but weren't raised around it. So how are you? And then I guess how are you producing the content? Like are you, you're learning as you go, and what kind of? I mean, what? Uh, how are you able to write these articles and and uh, and give advice in all this area? Yeah, that's the trick. Um, <laughs> what we end up finding out was better than anything else was let the tribe tell the story. Right. So for us, you know, it's the majority of the, of the writing that is done by contributors. Ah, nice. Okay. Yeah. Reach out to people that we feel fit, you know, what we're doing. And we ask, Hey, would you like to contribute an article? And, right. um, obviously the more traffic that we gain, the larger our subscriber email list uh, becomes, then that's, more enticing for someone to be on on board with it right and so and then we realized that when we started doing that it just made more sense people it resonated with people a lot more yeah they were responding to it so yeah right now we have a little over 20 regular contributors that offer content and then uh, if you've noticed too our instagram account account is now just takeovers so people take over the account each week and kind Got of it. tell their story and, and show their their uh, what they're doing. Oh, that's a great way of doing it. Yeah, we like it better than just doing. Uh, you know, if we we have written articles, but we didn't want it to just be like me or him writing the articles and having yeah. more like a blog almost. You know, like yeah. we're the ones that people recognize. We wanted to be presented more as an online magazine. So, what kind of areas are you covering? So if you look at the site, um, this is one thing we did recently to kind of clarify a little bit um, when someone comes on the site. If you look at under the fold, <clears throat> it now goes into choose your diversion. So the main categories would be fishing, camping, travel, climbing, hiking, surfing, and hunting. Um, and then they divide out a little bit more um, okay. into it. but. Um, for the most part, you know, there's a lot of things that can fall under those main categories. Yeah. Um, you know, having a news feed, talking about gear, and then a little more of the lifestyle. If you if you were to look in the menu and go under lifestyle, that would be like a whiskey guide, things of that sort um, that fall under that category. Oh, sweet. Yeah. What, what kind of things are, cool. uh, like, did you guys kind of start out with a couple of hobbies and have you taken on a lot more since uh since growing seneca creek yeah definitely i mean yeah i think it was like ever evolving um yeah the certain things that we started out with were obviously uh fly fishing things that i like i'm i love fly fishing and upland hunting okay uh, we had thought at a time of you know centering on those two things but we realized it was quite limiting sure. even though it's things that i love when you zoom out a little bit you realize that it's like really small to, like people, everyone doesn't love this yeah yeah exactly so compared to people who backpack or just go camping i mean that's just it's not even comparable to uh, i mean upland and then if you take everyone who upland hunts 
and fishes and realize how many of those people are active online, it gets really small. So we definitely branched it out into a little more broad categories. Yeah, I like that idea of the modern outdoorsman, right? Because then you can cover off so many different things, but still be focused enough that that's something that I can say, oh, yeah, I'd like, that's kind of me. I, I think that's worth worth following. And then, you know, whether it's something that you are super interested, like fishing or hunting or something else, it's still content that is intriguing to the person who you've now uh, turned into a subscriber or whatever it might be. Yeah, there was a, a few people that made some comments that I that led me down that path to open it up. And um, they had mentioned basically that they would never have looked at anything that had to do with hunting. But okay. because they kind of came in from a different path, they were more open to read an article about hunting. Interesting. Okay. Yes. And so we struggle with the idea, you know, if you appeal to everyone, you appeal to no one. So how niche should we be? Like right now we've found a pretty good balance in that we are able to introduce people to other things because of opening that, opening that up. That's great. I think we sometimes on this podcast struggle a little bit with that because we interview people from all so many different walks of life. So we try to focus on this idea of adventure in the everyday, but I think it's a tough thing to get to get right because like you say some people might not be interested in x or y so do you narrow it down or do you widen it out so um have you found that the mix that you guys are at now has been the best you've done so far or are you still fine-tuning it i mean we're always going to keep fine-tuning it um the content really is dictated by what people want um so right you know <laughs> we mentioned before sometimes ego can tell you you know this is what they should want or this is but yeah to kind of balance that and figure out what what they're responding to how they're engaging uh one thing we it was nice on instagram to be able to look at is how people react to pictures and right yeah feedback yeah so like anything that was um just uh you know a picture of you know a landscape that was like a really good shot that was just skyrocketed with likes Hmm. Right. Anytime someone was just holding up a fish, like a trout, brown trout specifically, people went nuts. They would be <laughs> people like, love the brown trout. Yeah, the big brown trout too, and that's what people would go really crazy over. Love the brownies. Fly fishing. So those were the ones you'll see. The likes are just absolutely skyrocket, and they're almost completely off compared to others. Yeah. And then not so much when you're removing the innards of a 300 pound buck. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Those <laughs> will go down unless you can look really. <laughs> Well, I mean, the Instagram filters just bring the colors of those fish out just so nicely. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I really like about uh, some some of the uh, copy that's on your site is you talk about um, helping people to find a more uh, truthful existence. Um, I, we think that that's a reason why people should go on adventures so they can meet new people, have new experiences, understand a little bit more about themselves. But what do you guys mean when you talk about a, a truthful existence and not just what do you mean, but do you guys have some neat experiences to share with us that helped you find that? Sure. So one of the things that really helped us clarify our message and what Seneca Creek was really about is when I broke it down to what is the problem that we address, what is the solution we're offering, and what is the result a person gets. Yep. And so if you go on our About Us page, um, that's broken down into three bullet points. And uh, this is still a little more copy than I prefer, um, but it's there to kind of explain everything if necessary. Okay. 
So the problem that we deal with is that people have become disconnected from the natural world due to the nature of our modern lifestyle and rapid advances, advancements in technology. That's the main problem that we deal with. If Right now, the headline on our site is go offline. Um, so that we feel that that's a, a universal problem that all of us recognize. Yep. You know, we're, we're at work on our laptops. We're on, we have our phones, buried, our heads buried in our phone. Um, so we recognize that's a universal problem. The, the solution we offer is creating meaningful original content to educate people and inspire them to seek a life outside their office walls. When we use that term office walls, we're basically saying outside of your career or, yeah. or the things that you're wrapped up your in. Comfort zone. zone. Yeah, comfort zone. And the result is discovering a more truthful existence that allows us to experience the life we're meant to live. So when we say truthful existence, that's different for everyone. Um, but to us, technology should be used to allow us to have more time to do the things we're meant to do. Mm. And if it fails to do that, um, then that's when it becomes the problem. Yeah, I can't deny that technology has helped me in all the different, you know, hobbies that I've gotten into. Right. Because of not being raised with that uncle that showed you and took you out hunting and did all this stuff. I did learn tons of stuff online and just going on these forums and trying to figure stuff out. So, but then of course, once you're, you know, you disconnect and once you get out there, you are disconnected from it. But I used it to get me to that point. You know, that's what we want to get across to people. What do you guys suggest for, I mean, I'll, let me paint a little picture here. Just the, the guy in his mid-late 20s, working an office job. He's never done anything particularly outdoorsy, but discovers your site. What would you recommend that he just starts doing? Like, how would you point him in the right direction? Well, that's... Like, he's what, the ultimate candidate. Yeah, when you come on our site, I mean, you have the option to... Uh, look under a certain category or you can simply click the call to action which is discover and it's going to take you to our most recent articles and right, okay. um, you know typically there should be something there that we feel appeals to that person um one of the biggest things that we'd like a person to do is subscribe because once they subscribe we can see their behavior we can see what it is uh, they're responding to, and okay. our emails then can become more granular as far as in the content that we're delivering to them. And uh, over time, we'll be able to give them articles we feel benefit them more than just leaving it up to them to find you know, what inspires them or what educates them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a lot of articles that are um, specifically for beginners, and that's where we run to really push our articles too. We didn't want to get articles right. so just um, fine-tuned and almost nerdy. And yeah. Right, well, and those are also hard, right? Because, I mean, if someone, like for me, I've never been um, like bird hunting, and so if it's a, like a very technical bird hunting uh, article, it's going to be tough for me to try and sink my teeth yeah. into it and understand there's, everything. There's plenty of other platforms that do that better somewhere else. Right. Just like how-tos or something really specific. There's a lot of people online that are doing it really well. And I've used them, but for what we are doing, we try to keep it a little more um, for the beginners. Right. Yeah, that's I probably that's interesting awesome. too, as you do that, being sort of the gateway to all of these different areas, you probably get quite a bit more traffic because uh, people are willing to share your stuff maybe a little bit more because it's simpler to understand. And have you found that as well? Yeah. I mean, of course, even how the articles are structured. We've learned a lot from that. Uh, you know, it's great when somebody contributes an awesome story that's inspiring, 
but it's not always the uh, easiest for people to consume. And what I mean by that, the best right. articles for us are ones that have headlines, uh, bullet points that literally, if you didn't feel like reading the entire article right away, you could scan it and get a pretty good scope of what's in it and maybe even come back to it or share it with someone you think would benefit from it. So it's, it's hard because sometimes people do contribute really awesome storylines. And, uh, I mean, that is for a certain person, but the ones that do the best are very concise, 300 to 600 words, headlines, bullet points to the point, and maybe some links to additional content, additional stuff. Very cool. So what are the, uh, what are the outdoorsy things that get you both really fired up and, you know, let's dive into a couple stories or a couple of, you know, other technical aspects of some of the stuff you guys like to do. Well, uh, basically fly fishing and the upland hunting. And, what, what is uh, upland hunting? Uh, it's pretty much any, any of the birds, the game birds. Okay. Uh, be, um, the popular ones, that would be your, your pheasant, grouse, uh, whale. That's your duck as well. Any Turkey? Of the, those are the waterfowl. Is there a such thing as lowland hunting? Lowland hunting. Downland hunting. I guess, well, yeah, that would probably be anything that doesn't fly. Hippos. Yeah, that would be your deer probably. Yeah. Is, deer, that, is, that, is that what it's called typically or no, or that's just not so. a thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ground hunting, maybe. <laughs> ground hunting. Big oh, game, yeah. Yeah. Um, and how long have you been doing that for uh, hunting-wise? Um, maybe four or five years now. I was out uh, this past weekend on a bit of a, a fishing trip, and it's nice fall weather up here in Ontario, and the you know the, the fall uh, pike bite is really good. And there were also a bunch of guys on the boats around where we were on Georgian Bay who were hunting ducks from their boat. Yeah. Um, can you just if you know anything about that? Can you describe to me a little bit about how that would have worked? Are they just following, going into a little bay, watching a bird fly out of the river, and just popping it out of the air? Well, I actually haven't duck hunted yet. That's oh, okay. A whole, um, big complicated thing that, uh, but eventually I will get into that. But what they would be doing is, uh, they would be probably finding an area that they've already scouted, mm-hmm. and they're going to be putting down uh, a lot of decoys. Their actual decoys that they'll put those uh, okay. in the water and stay in place as well, and they will actually be calling them directly in to okay. lay decoys and shoot them when they come in. Got it. Very interesting. And uh, fly fishing is something that Calvin and I have never done. We're both... I I have a fly rod. No, you don't. I do. It's in my shed. (laughs) Why have you never used it? Or show me how to use it. Because it's such a... It's it's a contraption. And it's not not like a multi-person boat thing. Okay, well, well, Luke... It's tough doing the boat. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough for the boat, yeah. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about fly fishing. Whenever I'm watching a video of someone doing this, I am just utterly confused it, as to what they're doing how they're doing it looks so it. sexy oh it looks unbelievably sexy but how does it how does it work and what is the what is that fish seeing and why are they striking whatever you're tossing down well the whole idea behind fly fishing is you are you're imitating um normally natural food and the mostly what fish eat are um the aquatic bugs they're going to be in the water or falling on the water yep um so that's the idea behind it and be, the way it's set up um, you have your fly line, and that's what you see people throwing around. It's green, yellow sometimes, yep. and it's thicker, and that's fixed. That stays on the that stays there on the reel. And what that is is that gives the weight 
to it to actually get the fly out there. So if you attach one of these flies to your spinning rod, your normal setup, it wouldn't go anywhere. Like if you've, so set, your, light. If you've set your rod up before and you've had it where like you don't have enough weight on your spinning rod, you can't get it. You can cast, you know, like five, six feet, Yeah. you know, if it's too light. So the idea behind a fly rod is that you have, you know, this fly that weighs absolutely nothing, but that fly line is what takes it and gets it out into the water and allows you to place it where you want to. Right. And so as you're throwing it out there, like I see them going back and forth. So what's the deal with that? Well, that'd be your back cast, forward cast. And the idea behind that is that you're essentially just, you're using that to let line out and to aim and to place it where you want to on the water. That's basically what that is. Oh, so so once you find your spot, do you just leave it out there and hope that a fish sees your fly and bites it? Or is that making them come towards you? Well, what you're going to place it, basically you're normally drifting. That's the idea of what you're doing. Um, so you're either using, there's dry flies, wet flies, and there's nymphs. Okay. So your dry fly is normally directly, it floats on top of the water. And your wet fly is normally somewhere in between in the depth and then your nymphs are going to be completely on the bottom almost. And these are basically, you got to figure out where these fish are eating. Ah. There's a hatch or there's something specific that they're eating. You kind of got to figure out what level they're eating on. So those are the three different uh, things you're going to be using. Streamers a little bit different, which is sometimes it's almost close to what you would do with spin fishing, almost like a lure streamers. They're a little bit larger normally. Um, they can imitate bait fish and you kind of, you can drift them, but a lot of times you're stripping them maybe across the water to uh, attract them. Um, so that's the idea is that you're going to be drifting it and you want to get it basically in front of the fish's face. So that's why you're constantly pulling it back out of the water. Once you drift a certain section, you're going to pull it right back out, yep. back cast, and you're going to go right again and start where you wanted to start again. Ah. Very interesting. And it's also all about making that fly look completely natural in the water as well. So that's why you'll see people, um, they'll mend their line because they don't want the current to take the line and pull it and make it look unnatural. Right. Fish. So you want that almost like a dead drift to look completely natural in the water. Oh, interesting. And people are always making their own flies, and that's probably why as well, because they can make them to look exactly how they need to. Yeah. Yeah, um, I ventured into that, and uh, it's I really enjoy it. And yep. uh, it can be as complicated as you want it, sure. or as simple as you want it. I've also noticed I've tied things that are uh, completely simple, and and uh, they work. Nice, but uh, it's it's pretty enjoyable. That's the that's the pinnacle of fly fishing. If you've tied it yourself, and then you catch, yeah, yeah, yeah that would be for it's, sure. It's really yeah, yeah, when you do that, <laughs> that's ultimate satisfaction. Yeah. So cool. it's it, it's interesting. The two things you said prior to this is probably the most common response of why people don't get into fly fit. Well, why they're intrigued by it, but then why they don't. You mentioned it's sexy, and that's totally it. <laughs> <laughs> the second part, you mentioned that it just seems kind of complicated. Yeah, it, right. Yeah, and so I think a little bit for us is, is trying to make it, you know, something that people feel comfortable with trying, and that you can still enjoy it even if you're not technically sound as yeah. you could be yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie it it is complicated just like anything life that in life that's complicated once you get down to it it's just more of a process yeah you just take it yes. one step at a time yeah and on a side note there is a website called sexy loops <laughs> it's now that's that would be in the nerd category because yes. it's all about casting and 
it was almost too nerdy for me. I, I've been on there and I have it saved in my phone and it's still just a, it's all about casting. Just absolutely too much. Interesting. Have, yeah. There's a lot of casting um, like schools and uh, clubs. People just go and there's competitions for it as well. Wow. Well, yeah, I know, I know guys that do it just in fields. Yeah. 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 It's a good way to practice. It's just to practice. Yeah. Practice yeah. all day, every day. <laughs> yeah. And, um, like we say, it can be as complicated as you want it to be, or it still can be simple. And what I've noticed is here in Pennsylvania, we have a lot of uh, really small, tight streams. Yep. So, you know, when you look watch something like uh, River Runs Through It, and you see them, like, <laughs> with these beautiful back casts, it's all open. Yeah. And uh, um, there's, like, I mean, 90% of the time, that doesn't happen here. Right, right. Like, 90% of the time, I can't back cast. So I'm doing, you know, you're just... You're doing roll what casting. is a roll cast, which is like your most basic cast. You're kind of pulling back. You keep and you have this D loop, they call it, that creates in the line. And you accelerate forward and stop, and it kind of just rolls your line right out in front of you. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times you don't even do that because the stream is so small, you're literally kind of just flipping your line back and forth. It's not right. necessarily the prettiest fishing that we do most of the time around here in these small, tight streams. But then That's you catch fun. that fish and get that beautiful pick, and no one's no one knows the difference. No, no one knows that you in Montana. Yeah, the, <laughs> hashtag River runs through it. Yeah, on every picture. Yeah, the feeling I think is the same whether you have a two thousand dollars setup or you yeah. have the starter kit at um, Cabela's. So yeah, exactly. Once you when you hook a fish, it's the same. Yeah, yeah no need to. Well, spend. yeah, that's a good point too because I mean. It just, it gets crazy, right? When you get into fishing and and all these outdoor sports, like the gear gets unbelievable. And it's true, like you can you can do it simply and still be really satisfied with uh, the result of what you're getting into. Yeah, absolutely. I would never, and I would tell people to not go for the cheapest thing because you will end up wasting money. Yep. Yeah. If you get into it, you'll realize, which I've done that so many times in life, where I'm impatient and I just want to get into something, and then I have all this stuff sitting around because as soon as I get into it. And I get obsessed. I want like the best thing. Yeah, so right. having all this extra stuff that I didn't need. But you know, there's you know, there's people in every sport enthusiast that just go really all out. You know, they have people have fly fishing gear that's just you know they have six hundred dollar reels and their thousand dollar rod, and they're just in a small stream, which is completely unnecessary normally. It's but if that's what they like, and you know, that doesn't matter. Go for it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, if they have that for it, then yeah. That's interesting, and I really like your guys' approach, again, of being that place where people can come to kind of test the waters, but really some of the most satisfying things in life, in my opinion, are things that you do have to work really hard at, so it's it's mm-hmm. nice to be able to introduce pe- things to people, but then also to bring them down a path where they're, um, I don't know, building their skills or discovering the depth behind something or not giving up after the third cast that they do was terrible and then you know just th- throwing in the towel so uh, yeah. i think that's a really neat thing about what you guys are doing very cool yeah i i actually took i took me a year to catch a fish fly fishing on my own wow. so it didn't come wow. easy and yeah. that's i didn't really have anyone else that, that did it that could show me so i was just really doing it all on my own and now i realized how much stuff i was doing wrong i mean everything was wrong wrong place wrong time and you know just there's a lot of timing is really big too with, yeah. with some of the fishing with trout yeah. and I was doing absolutely everything wrong <laughs> year. So yeah, that's cool. That's great. Well, the other thing I like about it too, and what you guys are 
um, I guess, kind of doing is figuring out what is like what you can do in your area and in your neighborhood, and then getting into that. Because I mean, so many times I think people get um, hooked on trying to figure something out that's way out of reach for them. Like exactly. if we were to start getting into surfing, it's kind of not going to work because we are nowhere near water. We can do it maybe once a year. We go on vacation. So I, I just, I don't know. I like the idea of being able to really sink your teeth into something that is just local and you can go do it after yeah, work table. one night. And yeah. And you, that way you can actually put in some serious hours. Yeah, exactly. I've noticed too, just thinking about like traveling and now I realize like all I want to do is travel around my own state because I right. know how many places that I want to go and and just see and go and hunt and, and fish. And there's, it's like endless just right here in Pennsylvania. Like I don't need to leave yeah. right at the moment. Yeah. That's awesome. I have a good hunting story. <laughs> Please. Yes. So once again, we mentioned didn't grow up hunting. Um, I don't think like our parents weren't opposed to it. It just wasn't something no, that they, they, they endorsed. None of our families were into the outdoors really. Whoa, whoa. Disclaimer. You're not allowed to say blood on this podcast. You have to say the red stuff because we'll get like all these call ins. It'll be bad for us, man. Yeah, we'll have people standing outside our houses with bl- buckets of red paint <laughs> on us. So. Ruined my fur coat last year. <laughs> you wouldn't uh, believe how many fur coats Calvin has. <laughs> <laughs> so, never be- hadn't been hunting all my you know teenage years, um, even after I'd, I got married. And it was actually my wife who her friend had been hunting and was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, you know, you should come with us. And she's like, oh, I want to do this. So I ended up buying her a 30-06 for our anniversary. And uh, she went out practicing with it. We'd go together, we'd practice. Awesome. And uh, hunting season came around, and um, we went with her friend and their family, which they're longtime hunters. It, like, runs in the family. They have this hunting camp. Um, So we go to the hunting club the night before, you know, and – we come in and basically right away we're we're the city slickers. They're making fun of us. Yeah, we're not going to get anything. Um, you're wasting your time. You're just giving us, just hassling us, which rightfully so. <laughs> so uh, the next morning we went out, probably like six in the morning, and we weren't in the tree stand. I don't think twenty minutes, and there was a ten point buck. Come on, uh, a few hundred yards in front of us. And my wife was going to shoot it, and then she got nervous. It's just surprised. you and your wife at this point? Uh, my wife and I, and then our, our friend, her husband, and uh, her girlfriend as well. So okay. they, you know, it was their, their, uh, her father's property. So it, they, they own this whole area of property. And um, she was going to shoot it, but she was afraid she would just wound it. And I, I thought, well, we can't leave here and not. Yeah, take this shot. <laughs> take this shot. And so I, I shot the deer, um, and the deal was, we said if we were going to do it, we, we wanted to do everything. Like, we okay. would have to field dress it, butcher it, everything. Now, as far as my knowledge of how to do all these things prior to this, it was all based off of literally asking some co-workers that I had that were a little more redneck yeah. <laughs> at the time and just kind of taking notes on it. Like, what do you do if you get in this situation? And, um, at that end, so we, we, we did everything ourselves. uh, drug, you know, drug it out and people were coming by from the hunting camp the night before. And they were just like shocked. Come on. I can't believe this. So your first time hunting, you get a 10 point 
And not, I'm not even used to the ritual of everything. You know, they want you to hold it up and take pictures. And yeah, stuff. sure, yeah. Like, I just came here to get some meat. <laughs> <laughs> so that was an interesting experience. Um, oh, it was a successful shot. Like, did it take off after you uh, shot it? No, it dropped it, like, right wow. there. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that feel pretty good for your first one? So it's... I feel like everybody should have to do that, even if you're not a hunter. If you eat meat, okay, you interesting. Do that because it is really heavy. Um, it's not like you might think. You know, there is some adrenaline involved, but once you're in the moment and you're, you know, you can feel the, the deer. It's hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that blood's so warm. All of a sudden, it's not alive, and you know, you have a duty now to to make sure that all that meat is used right and properly. So. Um, it's kind of like an interesting merge of two things, you know. Well, it is. Yeah, I was talking to um, the butcher that's right down my road, and he does a lot of um, he does a lot of deer because we're in the heart of hunting season right now where I am. Um, so, and he was saying it's really interesting where just that point where it becomes animal to meat. Like as soon as you get the hide off, all of a sudden, you know, ninety nine percent of the population is okay with it because it's now just um, slabs of meat. Yeah, it, and even the hierarchy of animals is interesting. You know, some people, if the animal's ugly, they're fine with killing it. Right, right. The larger the animal gets and the more that it has, um, what's the... Well, if, also, if they don't see it, they also assume, and they've talked about it so much on, uh, you know, Cameron Haynes and Joe Rogan, especially about the bear thing, is it... Okay. Um, and I think Cameron always mentions that he says, yes, they actually, bears are extinct at Starbucks. So you will not see them around there. And that's what people always, these, you know, people are saying like, oh, aren't bears extinct? And, yeah, yeah. You know, he's hunting yeah, yeah. a place uh, in northern Canada where they're just like they are white-tailed deer here. They're absolutely yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think no, that's interesting that you talking a little bit about that feeling. I mean, I've pinged off my fair share of squirrels with a pellet gun and, you know, it's kind of fun and an interesting challenge, but the whole idea of taking life away is kind of an interesting one. And it's, I, I agree with you. I mean, I've only, I haven't ever killed anything too big, but it is kind of a heavy thing. Like you're really confronted with, um, just kind of, I don't know, the complexity of life and the food chain and all of that other stuff. When, when you do something like that. So, yeah, I mean, it makes you think twice Yeah. when you go to the grocery store and you just get meat or go to a restaurant. It's um, amazing how people don't realize like where they don't even understand what parts things come from. I actually yeah. had a, a friend, right. her daughter asked me cause she knew I hunted and she asked, she literally asked me what part of the, where did the chicken nuggets come from? Uh. Like, that, <laughs> like from McDonald's, where did the chicken nuggets come from? And I, I didn't even know how to like tell her that it's almost, where part, do you start with this? <laughs> if you're getting it from McDonald's, uh, it might be the feet ground up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but yeah, people are just really detached from the food. Yeah. Uh, have you found that you guys um, have people engaging with your community who are not that into fishing and hunting and who are kind of opposed to the idea? We really haven't gotten much backlash at all. Um, I I think because we don't – you know, there's sites out there and there's accounts that kind of push the bar. Like you said before, they have a – you know, they're going to have a lot of pictures of – you know, field dressing the deer and, and yeah, things like that. Yeah. And they almost want people to respond. So right. <laughs> that's yep. not what our, our goal is. Obviously that's not our mission. That's not our vision. So I think because we don't do that, we don't put it in people's faces that it's, it's there. If you want 
to engage in it or you're curious, but we also respect and understand why a person who doesn't come from that background like ourselves yeah. could potentially offended or not quite understand it. So what's the point of getting them on that yeah. on the bad side, so to speak, if, if potentially yeah. they could ever be someone who would eventually make that, that, that change. Yeah. Well, I should probably piggyback Nick's story <laughs> of hunting because I have my own with deer. Please. I got into bow hunting a few years ago and okay. uh, I, I, you know, I can't, I don't know if it was probably following Cameron Haynes. I don't know if he gets credit for that. He might, He's very influential with yeah. boating. Um, it might have helped it spur it on. So I started looking things up, and you know, I bought a bow. And of course, immediately I was impatient. I bought one that I was, I think, too cheap. And forty nine dollars. I broke it just started <laughs> practicing with it a few really? times. I <laughs> uh, took it back, upgraded to something much better, and uh, probably shot it just maybe like three or four times from like twelve yards. And I decided, like, all right, I'm going to go out. And uh, I um, got all the camo, everything that I needed. Yeah. And um, I went out a couple days later, and within a half hour, I came up on, you know, an eight-point buck. Come Crazy. on. Um, yeah, I just came right up on him. And uh, it all happened really quick. And the shot was, you know, it was a nice close shot. It was probably like 10 yards. Wow. And, uh, you know, that's how it happened. Yeah. Um, I waited a little bit. You're, you're supposed to wait around you know, almost up to a half hour with bow hunting before you go up to the animal. It. Yeah. You want to let, cause they will run off. Um, I mean, you may get uh, a perfect shot where they, you know, fall while you can see them. Um, this one probably went about, you know, like 50, 60 yards, which is pretty normal. Yeah. Um, and they, obviously they're running through dense foliage, so you don't yeah, really, yeah. so you wait about 30 minutes because if, um, if they're not down, and they hear you and see you, adrenaline can keep them going. Right. And oh, okay. they keep going and going and going. So you give them about a half hour to completely go down so they're dispatched before you get to them. So uh, that happened really early in the morning right before work, and I remember just calling Nick and saying, uh, yeah, hey, I got this eight-point buck, and he's really <laughs> large. It was a very big deer. And uh, having him come help me pull out of the woods and <laughs> my, my truck, it, uh, it was an interesting experience, definitely. That was your first time ever going out with uh, the bow. Yeah, yeah, it really was. One, one yeah. thing that I'm a little bit curious, about, curious about with hunting is, do you expect every time that you go out hunting, and I'm sure it's different for different animals, do you always expect to come back with something? Yes, I think you have to do that. Even like, if it's part of you that's like negative about it, yeah. there's this, I was just like thinking about this feeling, and you know, because I, I took a younger kid out pheasant hunting, and I could tell he he had never had a bird flush on him or shot anything. So I could t I looked at him and I knew that like if something happened, he wasn't going to hit it because yeah. he wasn't. I have yeah. this feeling the whole time it's the same as fly fishing, that every time you throw that line and you're drifting it, and you just you're in that moment and you just think that that fish is going to hit it. It could hit right Before now. You're hunting. You just think that whole time that like at any moment, which when you know that like a bird is going to flush and you have to take it out in a split second. So I do have that feeling, even though there's a little bit in your back of your head that like, Oh, nothing's going to happen. But while I'm in it, I'm like completely consumed yeah. like that entire time. That's why I could walk just for hours and hours being completely consumed in that, just waiting for it to happen. I think when that feeling goes away is when you go home. 
<laughs> I think you know that. No, that. no, exactly. Actually, that happened to me uh, last week because I was getting so tired. It was just like we were out pheasant hunting, and it had just been, you know, we had I had bumped one bird and I couldn't find him. He flushed, and we couldn't found him, find him in that. It was just hours and hours, and there was a point where I was just thinking like. My arms are so tired. I'm like, if I flush a bird, like, I don't even know if I'm going to hit it. <laughs> like, I, it, right. I went away because I'm thinking, like, I don't care if it happens because I'm just too tired. And I need to wrap it up. But I normally never give up. That is kind of, even when we were hunting, I, I got off the trail and I told the kid, I'm going to walk back to the truck through the woods just so I can have, like, yeah, maybe one more chance. Like, I'm, I normally am pretty successful with the, the pheasant hunting here because I never stop walking. That's right. Great. Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're definitely persistent um i <laughs> i definitely i'm in between and i think that's uh, uh why our site is the way it is because at the same time i really love being in the outdoors and all those activities there's a part of me that loves coming back and reporting on it and uploading the images yeah. <laughs> in that part and sharing it for so sure yeah that's i think that's our our balance between well he two. he also um is married, has a wife, and has a kid on the way. I'm single, so I'm just pretty much obsessed with this. It's, just, <laughs> it's all I have to do at the moment. That's awesome. Calvin is also uh, an, an expecting father. Got one on the way. Some nice. How soon? Uh, early March. Early March. A little fisherman coming. Yeah, ours is December. So. Oh, coming. nice. That's really soon. Yeah. Really soon. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, before we let you go, thanks for all this really interesting stuff. We haven't talked much about this type of stuff on the podcast before, so yeah, we haven't. Hopefully, it's uh, a good, a good, um, a good bit of info for our uh, for our listeners, and we will definitely send them your way to start uh, start their journey and whatever it might be. But before we let you go, do you have any uh, really quick tips? Again, some practical stuff that people can do if they want to add more adventure or add a new a new skill to their. Uh, to their tool belt what, what what might some tips that you guys have be i would say just just do it uh, i think people today are we're so con- much control freaks that we don't like any unknowns and you know before somebody goes yeah. out everybody wants to know everything they go somewhere they want to know um exactly how to get there where the where are you going to park your car all this type of stuff and i just suggest i do it all the time you just get in there and drive and just just go so just do what you want to do and just just doing it I think, too, you had brought up before about finding a place to do it locally and convenient, and that is the biggest thing. So if you're someone who works in an office job or you know your schedule is pretty busy, the idea of a planning some huge epic uh, yeah. <laughs> journey yeah, it's, probably is not going to happen. Keep, you're going to keep putting so, it on. Yeah, if you can find a local stream or whatever it is and just – and do that and yeah. that most likely will lead to doing something more. So last year we were able to go out to Yosemite um, and the Mammoth Lakes and, you know, fish in, oh, it's in, amazing. In atmosphere, which is insane. But, you know, it's from starting on a small level and yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've searched and I found a stream that I fly fish within 25 minutes and I can hunt pheasant within 25 minutes as well. So those are things I can do right after work. Yeah, that's perfect. People have to keep in mind too, Instagram, even, you know, the photos on our site, the professional photos for the most part, it is a highlight reel and, um, not to get discouraged from that. That is, that's the end result 
of a lot of hard work, yeah. a lot of time put into it. So just start putting the time into it. That's to inspire you. That's kind of like the the peak, the high point. But uh, yeah, Luke, I want a big like sad face selfie from you next time you just get skunked. <laughs> just to just to bring yeah, it back to reality for Saturday everyone. Was like one of my first times getting skunked, and I actually really liked it. It was like humbling. I liked the fact that I had literally went to two separate state game lands and pushed so hard and covered so many miles yeah. at nothing. And there was, I was annoyed a little bit. And then there was a point later at night that I was actually like, I actually enjoyed it. I liked the idea that this is not easy. And yeah. it was like, <laughs> like you realize that's what happens. Yeah. That's awesome. Well guys, thanks so much for your time. Uh, again, we'll definitely send people uh, yeah, this your was great. way and uh, hope to catch up with you guys soon. Thanks so much. Sure, man. Thanks a lot. See ya. Another good one. Another goodie. Excellent interview. Thank you, gentlemen, for coming on the show. We we appreciate your time and a little bit of, uh, you know, interesting info on becoming the modern outdoorsman. Be sure to check their stuff out. It was really cool. I, I, I did actually, I spent quite a bit of time scrolling through their uh, some of their different articles, and it, it was really well done. I liked everything about it. They have uh, the kind of uh, even going back to our conversation with um with Jordan Valeriot on on internet marketing sure. and branding and yep. all of that stuff they are doing that really well. Yes. Uh, give them your email, subscribe. I I I totally believe that they're providing excellent value for the simple email that you're going to uh, give them and definitely follow their Instagram. I think they have one of the better Instagrams out there. I I I really enjoy following yeah, them. Yeah, their so. photos are great. So that's some great tips on being the modern outdoorsman. In our intro, I had one more final thought about the modern indoorsman to wrap up the convo that I, I couldn't quite get to. You couldn't get and it here's, out. Here's my theory. I remembered it when we when we paused the recording. And Calvin, you were listing I off believe, all the stores you were going into. I know, and this is what happened. I believe, this is my theory, that okay. being a modern indoorsman is in fact significantly more dangerous than being a modern outdoorsman. Elaborate now. I am walking through Marshalls. Now, Marshalls is Winners, but I similar to Winners. So it's got is brand it like name stuff upscale at great winners? discount. I don't know. I okay. don't, I, it's, it's either upscale or downscale or the same okay. scale. Got it. And I'm in there, and I'm, I need a new belt because my belt broke, and I like those reversible belts. So I'm looking yep. at these belts. And then I'm trying to get kind of, there's like the window, and then there's a rack, and then there's a little space where I'm trying to just slip around so I don't have to walk all the way around this whole rack. Got it. And as I'm walking through this space, there is a pole that is jutting out that is covered by a sweater. And I walk directly into this pole and rip up my side. <laughs> Literally, I'm cut. Are you ready? Can you see it right? Uh, oh. Right over there. Oh, yeah. Well, that's You nasty. see that yeah, cut? I see that. Yeah, I do. That's so nasty. I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm just walking. And then I'm like, oh! Ah! And my wife is like, what happened to you? And, and, and my conclusion is that malls are a terribly dangerous place. Yeah, if, so by you trying to cut corners and go outside of the designated uh, aisle, you uh, you will be hurt. They don't like I, that. I am a trailblazer, Calvin. I know. And if I am a modern endorsement, I cannot be a trailblazer. It's just insane. Yeah. No, no, that is no place for that, Jeremy. So, so I mean, yeah, Calvin, I don't know how I'm going to buck this whole mall thing because I just, I keep going back, but I know it's not the right place for me and... I'm proving your theory correct left, right, and center, but yeah, you are. it's a dangerous place, and that's all I have to say. So all you people, watch out when you're Christmas shopping this year because you're, you, you could be in big trouble. You know what would be a really, maybe, maybe it would be good for us, but maybe it would kind of face both of our fears if we recorded a podcast episode 
in the mall in Barrie. <laughs> I can't I can't think of a worse place on this planet. I think if we can find adventure at the mall in Barrie, that is when we've arrived. We can do we can if we can find adventure there, we can find it anywhere. Anywhere in the entire world. Yeah. Wow, that is We're that something. is that is something special. I don't know if I'd be able to get through it though. But I, I think that I don't would know if be I'm part of the enough. challenge. I don't that think would I'm be that part strong. of the challenge. We could yeah. interview uh we could interview mall goers. Imagine how interesting that would be. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when I was at when I was at Marshall's undershirts. I also asked the uh security guard like what's the most interesting story that you've seen? And like he had nothing and it, he was like the like it was it's like it's the most boring place in the entire world. Why he basically would you need to be said, a security guard there? One time, a baby w- fell asleep on a toy under it in the stroller, and I had to take the toy out. That's an amazing story. That fella. was the story he told me. I was like, that's "What's like the craziest thing that's ever happened?" His most notable story. I I was like I was like that is just shameful. Like I took time out of my day to ask you to get a good story out of this terrible trip to the mall, and this is what I got. <sighs> But that's anyways. his best, man. That's what do hey, you expect? I guess I shouldn't I guess I shouldn't chirp if that was his best, you know? Yeah. We all try to give it our best every day. Oh man. Oh man, oh man, oh man. Any all final right. thoughts? This was depressing banter, but I think this it's important as we as banter. we it, it's important as we approach the Christmas season, I think. I guess so. I guess so. Christmas <laughs> is whew, Christmas is a whole other thing, Jer. Gets well, blown we'll out get of proportion sometimes. We'll we'll get to it in a couple of weeks. I but know we'll, we'll anyways. get to it. We'll have more thoughts on it, more discussion. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode helped you find adventure in the everyday or taught you a little bit about where not to find adventure. Right? Yeah. No, that's good, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Uh, you know, it would be, there's so many hilarious things you could do with a mall, but you're just not allowed. You're I mean, just not I, allowed. You're just not allowed. I mean, a running of the bulls. If they did like a running of the bulls in a mall. That'd be amazing. That'd be Bull in a China shop. Bull in a China shop. Kicking over the yeah. kiosks. The kudu kiosk. Yeah, that'd be so good. Every store should have a free bin. <laughs> Something that is free at every store. Uh, Anyways, I think we're I think we're done. I think we're done. We've exasperated this <laughs> conversation. You know what, Jerry? I just got finished write, writing a paper for school, and I just and it was like the most dull. It was an HR paper. Yeah. And I just couldn't think of anything more dull. And then we had this de- really depressing conversation about the mall. And I'm just feeling bummed. But that's why we need to persevere with the podcast because life sometimes is dull sometimes and it's it is boring. Dull. But we can break through. We can break free. Okay. That's the inspiration for the week. Seneca Creek. Check them out on their website. Check out their Instagram. I think everything's just Seneca Creek. And uh, stay tuned. We are. I think we're going to do an article on their website. So uh, Ooh, yeah, we'll we're going to post some stuff. It should be fairly easy for you to find that once we write that and put it up there. And uh, yeah, just just stay tuned with the, with the social media and everything that goes on. Um, we're pretty good at posting uh, about upcoming uh, shows and and people we we uh, have on here. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Jarrell.